Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, it is time for part two of our concert roundup with, of course, me here, Joey, and my lovely, beautiful, charming, sexy wife, Nola. I guess. Back for part two, and we're going to talk a lot like we did the last time, but we're going to play blocks here and there when we can. We've got a nice variety lined up here for you tonight. I feel like last show was like the 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 punk, like, grabbing by the balls rock and roll show, and this is... For the most part, yeah. And this is... Huh? Huh? <laughs> so, and, and this part is more rock and roll. Yes, rock and roll and different kinds of rock and roll at the same yeah. time. That's the thing. And it's not that the first part wasn't rock and roll. It's they're both very rock and roll, but it's I don't I don't know how to describe this, but it it feels like looking at it it feels like two very different things. Yeah. No need to describe. We're just going to talk about it and yeah. just uh, take the <laughs> listeners on the journey here somewhere uh, along those lines. But anyway, let's start off here. Uh, starting in May, May 6th. Where'd we go for that one? We got to go up to Choctaw in Uh Durant, Oklahoma. Yes. Once again, for Alice Cooper, my all-time favorite. The great Alice Cooper, the fantastic Ryan Roxy, the incredible Nita Strauss, the amazing Glenn Sobel, the El Bisto Blanco, Chuck Garrick, along with the local to Durant, Oklahoma, as far as Alice Cooper is concerned. The hometown boy. The hometown boy. The permanent hometown boy. The permanent hometown boy, Tommy Hendrickson. Yeah, that's a great bit, too, because everybody kind of... Like, Tommy does stuff, too, but he's not going to, like, plug his website on stage, so there's everybody kind of has a gimmick. Tommy's a little more bare-bones. Every night on stage, when they have a show, when Alice gets done introducing everybody, he goes... And you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Guess but, where Tommy is from. Yeah, from Durant, Oklahoma. Tommy, because last well, he year does, was he doesn't say he doesn't say that he's from Durant, Oklahoma every time. Just when they're in Durant, Oklahoma. Exactly. So last year it was from Grand Prairie, Texas. Oh my gosh! Not, How is that possible? Yeah, it's pretty great. It's amazing. Yeah, and and always playing the part of Alice Cooper. Me. Alice Cooper. Yeah, always say me. Me. I haven't fallen for that bit since uh, I saw Smashing Pumpkins at the Bronco Bowl in 2000, and Billy Corgan looked over at James Eha and said, "From Dallas, Texas, James Eha." I've got, I've got <laughs> Google now. Damn it, I know where you're from. <laughs> All right, so hey, two James Eha references in a row. Didn't plan on that, but another thing not to plan on or take for granted with Alice is the beautiful thing that Alice does. From tour to tour, from leg to leg for the most part, you are going to get your RST and LEs and have no idea what I'm going to get for the rest of it. And it's a beautiful thing. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's always a good show. And, and meanwhile, this they're kind of on the same tour they were last year when we saw them at Verizon. But And some of the obscurities that were there last time are still in the set. Like, they're still playing The World Needs Guts, which is amazing that they're still playing it. Because... 
they haven't played it since 1986, and obviously they're playing it because Nita wants to play it, because it's a Shredder song. Yeah. And but here, the other thing is that like the last time we saw them at Verizon, they played like Public Animal Number Nine and Long Way to Go. Well, they dropped those, and I'm kind of like sob. However, they added in Escape from Welcome to My Nightmare and fucking Pain. It's not called fucking Pain, but yeah, it's just called Pain. pain. Kooky. Um, so, <laughs> from Flush the Fashion, like, like when have they? Uh, he's since the Flush the Fashion tour, Alice has not played one single song from that album that's not called Clones. And I never get clones anymore, but I've seen it a couple of times. So it's like, okay, fine. But yeah, I just, I want to get them all. I want to get the checklist out. So pain finally happened for me. It is in the top 10 Alice songs of all time, in my opinion. Probably the smartest song he's ever written, as far as like, if you're going to analyze lyrics, if you're a lyric analyzer. Analyst. Yes, there you go. A- analyzer? Yes. yes. Pianist. <laughs> Pianist. Uh, pain is your song. That is. One of the more descriptive songs you could ever possibly come across in your lifetime. I liked it. I didn't know what it was. Um, I always go into an Alice Cooper show pretty much knowing the RSTLNEs. That's um, fine. Still- and that's fine because I'm still going to get a good show. Yeah. Uh, as long as he doesn't not play Under My Wheels. Like, yeah. always want to hear Under My Wheels. And everything I, else and is I, fine. I want to hear I'll Bite Your Face Off. And I want to hear and He doesn't even play House that Fire. And, and he... And if he doesn't play it, then that's fine, because yeah. I've still got this laundry list of amazing songs. He didn't play either of those. And I remember you... So, uh, I'm not going to say how this happened, because I don't want to be like that, but prior to and post-show with Ryan Roxy, who is a, an amazing man. Super fantastic. Super um, fan-friendly. Yes. Yeah. Our, our new best friend, Ryan Roxy. Nola chiming in here and there, because she was like, we were we were talking about... Anytime I can meet anybody from Alice's band or the time I met Alice, I'm going to badger I better be good into the brain because I want that to be in the set list. I think it's funny enough to get people that don't even know it, and it'll just work. It's a fun kind of punk rock kind of song from Zipper Catcher Skin. That's important to note because every time I brought that up, whether it be to Alice or Ryan Roxy, they always say, What's that from? What's that? What, what Did I write that? that? Yeah, no, I have no idea. I didn't write these songs. Uh, yeah, that's Lace and Whiskey. <laughs> uh, nice. I, I knew good, what I good did reference. there. I see what you did yeah. there. So and I remember you just said, I just want to hear House of Fire. And he goes, didn't we, like... and he's kind of like, didn't we play that enough the last three years? And I'm like, no, because I only saw you once in yeah. the last three years. Just play it again. It's like we, he says that they played it on the Motley tour the whole time, which they did for two years. But like the, the leg we saw him on, they weren't playing House of Fire. We did see him play House of Fire at Verizon, so and also with uh, with the Manson tour, they did it yeah. there too. So we've heard it twice, but you want to hear it every show. Times, but I want to hear it. I like it. That's understandable. Because the first time I heard it, I was like, "Ooh, what's this? I like this." Yeah, but I'm like the, I'm hitting Joey on the arm, and I'm like, "I want this on my iPod." So the look on his face was like, "I, I, we can leave that what, one alone for a few what years." What do you want from me? <laughs> and I'm like, "I just want to hear House of oh, Fire." Oh, that's that's um uh, that's from the eyes of Alice Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we even talked about that because I was like, you guys, I'm not trying to dismiss 
you know, between high school and old school or women of mass distraction. But I'm like, dude, man of the year. And he's like, I want to play man of the year. <laughs> so we, I got him on my side finally. So he's like, I want to play that. He goes, that's a great song. People would love that song even if they didn't know it. He goes, that's what I, I always tell him that. So he's basically putting that one on Alice. Like, Alice just doesn't want to do that song. I'm like, the fuck? I need to have a talk with that guy. <laughs> so anyway, great show. Uh, very nice after the show. It was nice to get him kind of a little lit after the show, which is yeah. great. And so, so I'm standing there. I'm waiting for like other band members to, to go past. And Ryan comes back out. And Joey's off talking to somebody that we know, Chris Penn. Yeah, Chris Penn. The great Chris Penn. Yeah. Um, Ryan comes up to me and he's like, hey, where's your man? And I'm just like, huh? Oh, hey, Ryan. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Sneaked What's going on? on? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, he's over there. And he's like, go get him. And I'm like, oh, Joey, Ryan wants to talk to you. <laughs> and but I it think was, I think it was, it was so really, nice. Yeah, I think it was just, what was that song again? Like, that's yeah. kind of what it turned into. I goes, it's, I better be good. He goes, okay, I better be good. And he's and like, said, message me that. No, no, actually, he said, I'm going to listen to that. And I go, I don't believe you, but if you do, message me after you listen to it. And he goes, okay, great, perfect. I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, sure, Whatever. Okay. Yeah, this rock and roll star is going to message me on yeah. Facebook. Because this happened the last time. The second to last time we saw them at Verizon, we hung out with him and Nita at the merch. And I told him about it. I better be good again. Never said, he never did message me back. But he, and so, so the next day, I'm sitting in the break room at work, and I get a pop-up on the <laughs> messenger, and it's a picture of Ryan. I'm like, oh shit <laughs> and then it said i don't want to say i can't say everything he said in there because some of it's a little probably private but yeah he basically, it's confidential. Said, he basically said i listen to it and i love it but there's no way that's ever going to happen <laughs> <laughs> so there you go I, I tried guys i tried for all of you alice hardcore fans out there i did try but what you should try to do is go see alice on this current tour because you're going to get pain and that's what we're going to play right now we don't have a live version of it to play for you but we'll just play the OG because you got to know it and love it. All right, here you go. Baby, cry. 
on the cuts of the slaves I was the wind in the side While oh Jesus prayed I was the filthiest word At the vandalized From 1980s, Flesh the Fashion. It actually says Alice Cooper 80 on the front cover. That was Pain in the top... I said top 10. I'm even say in my personal top 5 Alice songs, I think. Maybe top 5, but definitely top 10. That's pretty committal, isn't it? Yeah. It is very committal. Yeah, so... I don't even think I'm top 5. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go buy all the Alice albums except for Along Came a Spider and you're good to go. I mean, and, uh, buy, I mean, buy it. Just don't listen to it. Go to Ryan Roxy's website and buy all his buy stuff. Buy all of his, his stuff. His albums are really good. And he's uh, selling this amazing thing that I got to buy off of him called the Roxy Box, which has solo Ryan Roxy and also his dad's porno mag stuff and a whole album of rarities of odds and ends that he did. And it's a very nice, affordable box. Four CD set. Go pick it up. I think it's like either 20 or $30 on the website. It's a steal. His shirts are really cool. What else? Uh, if you can't afford 20 bucks for the Roxy Box, get the Amerisweed EP. It's fantastic. Yeah, you can get that on Bandcamp for like a few bucks. Yeah. Like the audio, at least. Yeah. So he's got a Bandcamp. Go check that out. If, Go to his direct website. Support everything he does, because he just wants to make music for people to hear it. It doesn't seem like he's all that interested in the money or how he promotes I'm, I'm it. Sure, I'm sure the money is nice, sure. but he, he wants people to to have rock and roll yeah i even asked him if he's gonna do a pledge and he was like eh i just want to i'm just gonna put it out. i'm just gonna put it out. <laughs> that's kind of how he was like about it so <laughs> anyway good guy he's alice's new keith richards it's great all right moving on here we're gonna talk about uh finally getting out to the house of blues haven't been there in a while that's fine but we met <laughs> i mean yeah. i like house of blues most of the time when we've got a seat upstairs but it was sure. This was no, uh, there no upstairs seats for this one. This was one. GA only. Old school which, punk rock show. <laughs> which, first of all, is bullshit. <laughs> I know, I know, I know how it is. I, I probably wouldn't have had to practically beg you to go to this show if it had seats for the show. So. If I had bought a seat for this show instead of a GA ticket, I would have been like, yeah, sure, of course I'll go. Yeah. Instead of being like, why don't you ask some of your friends first? Uh, this was in the top 10 bucket list artists for me, so I get to scratch another one off of there. Uh, so happy! I didn't think I'd actually ever get the chance to see the Damned, but it finally happened. They're on tour for the wow fortieth anniversary. That is a four zero people. That is older than both of us in this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As forty years since Damn Damn Damned came out, which is ridiculous. First punk rock full length, like ever, like in Britain at least. Like you know, you could argue some pre punk stuff like the Modern Lovers and stuff like that, but <laughs> Ramones, Dictators. But as far as like the UK punk movement, like punk punk, yeah, they are the first, first single, first record, number one. Yes, and in my opinion, the best out of all of them. I mean, I could I could argue them, them versus the Clash. That would be a hard one to debate for me internally. But hey, who's still touring? Yeah, the Damned are still fucking touring. Yeah, the fucking Damned are still fucking touring. <laughs> yeah. By uh, by hook, crook, or injury. 
We'll discuss that in a second. So, get out there to the House of Blues. They actually have two opening bands that night. Which One, is fine. Fine. The middle band was, I think they were from Austin, if I'm not mistaken, and they're called the Bell Rays. And musically, I actually did like them quite a bit. And I even love, this is going to sound. Rock show! <laughs> we had a rock show? Show. Yeah, okay, here's here's a few things. I'm, I'm going to pick on the Bell Rays a little bit. Apparently they've been doing this for at least 20 years. They've got a lot of records out. Like I said, I think they're from Texas. I'm pretty sure they are, actually. But there's a few things that I had an issue with. Like I said, nothing wrong with them musically. And I love on principle that they have like this crazy, insane black woman singing for them. Which, they, is, which is rare in rock and roll. And I wish I didn't have to say that. Yeah, but no, that's they, the truth. They looked great, yeah. and they sounded great. Yeah. And and I enjoyed their music. I didn't yeah. enjoy. There's three them. things. There there is three things. There's three rules of commandments of shows that I feel like they broke. Number one, they played too long, especially for an opening band. They played way too fucking long. And if I was more of a hardcore fan and had all the records, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's fine. But most people probably don't know your ass hour set or whatever the fuck that was but anyway like i said i'm uh, i'm gonna beat him up a little bit here second of all um they had merch but the merch that they do not know how to approach merch like i'm sorry especially in this day and age where people will just steal the shit especially when it comes down to the fact that the reason most people steal shit is because the industry fucked up because they had cd prices too high for too long and they put out bad products now nowadays it doesn't matter whether you have a good product or not. If you have a like a top-to-bottom perfect album, people aren't buying it because they don't buy records anymore. Now, I went up to the uh, the thing. I was actually going to buy their CDs. Yeah, because they sounded good. It yeah. was good music. I'm going to sound like a dick here, but this is the reality of it all. I saw a thing that said uh, 15 on there. Like, it, it just said $15 next to the CDs. They had two CDs yeah. there. Two CDs, and sm- one price. And small-ass paper digipack, like, almost to the point where they were, like... This advan- is folded in a sheet of notebook paper. They look like promotional advances from back in the day. Okay? And I'm not trying to disparage digipacks. They have their place. And that's fine. Sell your digipacks. Sell your promotional yeah. advances. That's fine. And I was like, uh, they so said 15 is that is that that's for both? And I was like literally ready. I had the money. Yeah, here. you, you had $15 and you were ready to take your two CDs. <laughs> and they said, no, it's 15 each. And I'm like, I, okay, well, never mind. And immediately, <laughs> like... Money back in the pocket. Money back in the pocket. <laughs> soft dick like vomit coming out of the mouth like no like why would you do that first, first of all and like, you're an independent band still like really i do mean you, do you know how much the dolly rods charge for a cd at any show i give up how much do they charge ten dollars ten dollars max ten dollars max wow you know why because everybody's got a ten dollar bill in their pocket yeah yeah. If you show up to a Dolly Rot show and they've got all twenty-seven of their CDs, yeah. I think. That, by the way, I think Dolly Rots even sell some of their older CDs for they five dollars. Do. <laughs> um, if I went up to a merch booth and I want to buy all of your stuff, even if you have six CDs and I've got fifty dollars in my hand, if I'm just like, man, I've got fifty dollars, you're like, here, take my six CD for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because fifty bucks is fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean, we we bought we bought uh, we bought 
multiple CDs from both the two tens and wildlife. And they're like, you want a button? You want another sticker? You want two buttons? You want two yeah, stickers? And you we're want us asking. to sign this, right? Like yeah. as they're opening it for us. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, I've got a Sharpie in my purse. <laughs> and we're not asking. Oh, and by the way, just in case for anybody out there that's left out there that thinks I'm being a total dick to the bell rays, one of those CDs was a covers EP. EP! How many songs were on that EP? About six. Six, seven. Fifteen dollars for six bu- songs. That's not even iTunes worthy, yo. <laughs> even at a dollar twenty-nine on iTunes for those <laughs> six songs is less than fifteen dollars. Okay. So Bell Rays, get your shit together on your merch. Getting off the Bell Rays. The opening opening band, actually the third band on the bill, was a band called Dog Company. They're local and and this, they also sounded really good. They sounded good. I thought they were from Massachusetts because they sounded like they the Dropkick sound Murphys like the Dropkick Murphys. or Flogging Molly. Like any of those bands really. Like They uh, sound uh, like... They sound like early Dropkick Murphys. They sound like hardcore Irish descent. Working class. Working class, East Coast, uh, yeah. boondock saints, <laughs> motherfuckers. They all play Gretches and they play working class punk rock with an Irish twist to it. Come to find out they're from Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Which... I'm not making fun of that, but it was just funny to me because I did not expect Because we this. were both just like, Boston? New York? New Jersey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Connecticut? Finding this out, we're back in the back, like kind of behind the bar area between the VIP section and the soundboard to watch the damn because I want a good view and I don't want to look over people's heads, much like you. Yeah. I tried to find well, a nice place for I can't you. see over people's heads. There's that too, but I, I thought, you know, I wanted to find yeah. something I could enjoy too. Leaning yeah. over a barricade is much better than being neck shoulder to shoulder to somebody else. I don't want to be a shoulder to shoulder to. So I don't that, want to stare at your shoulder blades. Yeah, so that being said, we hit the back area after Dog Company because there was nobody on the floor at that point hardly. Yeah. There was like 100 people maybe. So we go back there and I actually overheard I saw the singer behind me. He was at the bar, and this dude came up to him that obviously just got there and said, "Hey, man, didn't I go to high school with you?" And, and he's the guy's like, yeah, like, "Yeah, probably. probably. I don't care." Yeah, and sure. he's like, and, "And the guy was like, what are you doing here?'" And he was like, "I just, I, I just, just was, did rock and roll, yeah. sir." Yeah, so I could tell. I mean, I you know, this wasn't my conversation, but he was right behind me. And so, like, after I could tell that it had gotten to the point where I know that guy wanted to bail, Mm -hmm. uh, the guy on stage from Dog Company, and I literally just turned around and said, hey, man, I just wanted to say I really loved your set. I'll be buying your stuff. You know, I just, I wanted to big time in front of this douche that went to school with him that didn't know what the fuck he was doing there. So that was all that. That was all that. Nice guy. He has a blonde, half blonde, half black uh, hairstyle. Yeah. Which is, I guess, coming back. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, they were really cool. Go check out Dog Company. We're going to play them in a twofer with The Damned. And, oh, and before we get to the music, we're going to get to the music now and then talk about The Damned. Sorry, we went off on a tangent. I went on on, the Dog Company thing. On on the merge for the Bell Rays. But there was one more thing that we wanted to bitch about real fast. Thank you for keeping me in check there because usually if I was by myself, I would just move to... And then I might have gotten one message being like, what was that third thing? Yeah. So the third thing that the Bell Rays do is that they did that thing that you're not supposed to do in song or at show, is that it's almost like you're being ironic. Because between every song, the lady singer kept saying, Rock show! Rock show! You're here for a motherfucking rock Rock show! show. All you motherfuckers sitting on your hands with your arms crossed think you're too cool to rock out like you need to get ready for the damned and i'm just yeah. and i'm just like fine just play your fucking songs and i'm fine with a little bit of disparaging to the crowd if they're not yeah. getting the rush because that's a singer's prerogative yeah but don't tell me i'm at a rock show 
Don't tell me you're and a rock star. And especially don't just say rock show. That's all. That's pretty much all she did besides the disparity part. So like I said, don't ever say you're a rock star and don't ever say it's a rock show. You know who doesn't sounds... say he's a rock star? Who? Paul Stanley. Yeah, that's true. Because people already know who he is. He doesn't have to tell yeah, anybody. Yeah, you don't have to tell anybody you're a rock star if you're exactly. a rock star. Exactly. That's why Nickelback will always suck. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he just wants to be a rock star. Oh, I see. This is a, this is a once upon a time. Yeah. In an alternate universe thing. Okay. I am so sorry, first of all, that I know that. Anyway. Please don't divorce me. It's, it's okay. I, I, I never will. Okay, but let, let, let's listen to Bad Company. Bad Company? Bad Company. Let's listen to <laughs> Dog... Till the Dog... day I die. Yes! You know, Bad Company's really good. But right now, let's listen to Dog Company, and then The Damned, and then we're going to talk some more. Yes, we'll be back for Damned Discussions right after this.
That was Ignite by the Damned from the album Strawberries, which I highly recommend you go pick up. I think I might like that album as much as Machine Gun Etiquette or Damn Damn Damned. Those are kind of tied for first, all of them, but Strawberries is the unheralded album of their catalog that you should own, so please go get that. That was a fun sing-along at the show. Even Nola, who who knows no damn songs, I'm not. Just I know being, I know no damn songs. Yeah, even Nola, and like I, I don't said, know not who the to fuck be ins- the damned is. Not trying to be insulting, but like she was even singing along because that's that great soccer chorus, you know, just yeah. a lot of whoa whoa whoa's, you know, it's, yeah. it's all good. Uh, also sang along to neat neat neat. Yes. and got real irritated because there should be four neats in there, not three. <laughs> I like the three neats. The thing before the show even happened, like a few weeks before, I got really nervous that the show was going to get canceled because uh, I, I was just happy that Captain Sensible is actually coming out for the show because it's not all original members, to be fair. Yeah, they're 40 fucking years old. <laughs> yeah. The but, band, not them. They yeah. are 40 on top of 40. Sure. Beginning Dave and Captain, I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. Who cares? So yes. it's the personalities of the band, you yeah. know, and that, that's the ones really, that you want. Yeah, exactly. If you, I had to pick two, those are the two I want. Yeah. So that all being said, a few weeks ago, Captain Sensible fell off the stage. I think it was in Canada. He fell off the fucking stage. He cracked a rib. Cracked a rib and broke his leg. <laughs> so. Captain Sensible, more like Captain Unsensible. Uh, ah. Uh, yes. So. Stupid old guys always falling, breaking things. And so fast forward, I kind of forgot about that because, like, the show's <laughs> still on. I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, they, they didn't cancel the tour date. Like, everything's fine. Yeah. So they're setting up the rest of the stage for the dam to come out. And then I just kind of elbow Nola. I go, why is there a toilet on stage? I went, oh. This punk rock thing, it's all punk rock dress yeah, up. Like, it's, it looks like the young one's toilet, actually, yeah, which is a nice tie in. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're British and they're disgusting and they're dirty <laughs> and they're from 40 years ago. I don't yeah, fucking know. Back when there was a garbage truck. I'm like, and... I don't know who the fucking damn they're. Like, why the fuck are you asking me? Yeah, Joey's just really excited about this show. So they come out there, and then, you know, of course, Captain, he's Captain Obvious because he's always wearing the same stuff, which is great. He's got the same beret on and everything. It gets kind of like hobbled over to the toilet, sits down in the toilet, and he's gonna be sitting there the whole show. Well, and his I'm legs not, broken. And I'm not beating him up. This is great because You like, don't have to beat him up, he fell off the stage yeah. and broke his own leg. I know exactly how this went down. I bet you I know exactly how this meeting went down. Okay, what are we gonna put him in? And they probably talked about when Dave Grohl broke his leg that he sat on like a Game of Thrones type throne. Yeah. Let's put him on the actual throne. <laughs> Let's put him on a toilet. And I find out after the show, because I saw I saw an interview with the captain, he used to work sanitation back in the day before he was in the dam. So he's cleaned those kind of toilets before. So they were having some fun with him right there. So Ugh. captain sat on the toilet the whole time, and he apologized, and he said, that's me quitting drinking right there. And then Dave said, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was tons of fun. Man, I tell you what, Dave, his voice, just like the first day they recorded the first song. I mean, you being an outsider, and this is another reason why I like having you on, you being an outsider, how how did the, his vocal performance match up to other people you've seen over the years, I mean? Uh, other regular people or sure. other old-ass people? Uh, guys around that age. Let's go with that. Top five, easily. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cause, yeah. I mean, it's... 
He's still being a good front man, and yeah. he's just nailing those vocals, man. And it's not like he's going, wah! You know, he's not like Rob Halford or anything. Yeah, I mean, but, but nobody's Rob Halford. No, no, yeah. And Rob's just now getting back to being Rob Halford. Yeah. You know, he had a bit of a slip there, but now yeah. he's back. And, you know, and, and while Paul's... Stanley's vocals may be yeah. a little lacking. Yeah. He's had some of the surgeries before, but he his stage present more than makes up for it. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Hagar, who we're going to talk about later, yeah. also sounds great still. Yeah. Dave. David Lee Ross still sounds... I say Dave because we know him as Dave. Um, <laughs> Diamond Dave. <laughs> yeah. I, I still you think know? Dave... Dave's never been the best live singer, but he's he's super fun. Yeah, and but he, the, the stage yeah. presence makes up for it. And yeah. I'm just like, that's... Yeah. I, w- I would rather a band have to go down a octave or pitch or whatever the yeah. actual term is. Yeah, tuning down. Um, to to help a singer out than a singer not putting on a performance. Yeah. And trying to hit those notes. Yeah. So, so. I mean, but that's just me. And what do I know? Yeah. But that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, just... By the way, thanks for going to see The Damned with me. You're welcome. Which puts you in an elite company of people that have gone to three shows in three days now. That was yeah. night one. So, number one. So Damned, the, number one. Again. And number two, Friday night we went to a place we had never been to before, but a place that's been popping up over the last few years in Dallas called Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. Gas Monkey Live. Is the oh, yeah, venue sorry. name. Yeah, sorry. They do have a restaurant, they Gas do, Monkey Bar and Grill. They do have that as well. Yeah, sorry, I did it wrong. <laughs> um, and there, there's an actual automotive shop, Gas Monkey Garage. Uh, they've got a TV show, apparently, and that's where all this comes from. Sure. Um, I gotta say, first time going... Pretty pretty good show for the first time going. Yeah, well, there's that. There's the show itself that got me out there. But I can't say enough about how, when we got out there, I'm like... You know, we've never been out to really this section of Dallas to see anything or stop anywhere. Because this is, like, things have only started popping up here. Because it was Texas Stadium in this area. Yeah. And then it was construction site for the longest time. And now now we've got some restaurants. There's a theater out there. Yeah. Um, But I want to see more things like this pop up because this is where the surrounding environment dictates how you run things yes because maybe to the chagrin of the promoters and owners of the club (laughs) they are surrounded by a restaurant row and they are right next to a movie theater they can't charge for parking yeah (laughs) that's right off the bat right there they can have valet and and try yeah but and that's fine but we don't have to pay but even (laughs) so the valet that was at gas monkey bar and grill um there wasn't a fee for it yeah. Uh, the guy was just like, whatever you want to tip us is, yeah. is what you need to pay. It's old school, yeah. And we're like, okay. Well, I mean, we didn't use the valet. Yeah. We're not yeah, We're we, not suckers. We drove We drove the half mile up to the venue because it's separated by a half mile in a lake. Yeah. So, and and there was chances of rain. We had just eaten dinner. Uh, real good food at Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. Yeah. It was it's, It was nice. It's above uh, average for bar food, that's for sure. Yeah. It was service was a little lacking not because our waitress was bad they were just real busy they were real busy we sat in the bar area um which i know was part of it but they have outdoor staging for cover bands and stuff like that. yeah there was a band that was about to go on nice big patio outside overlooking a little it was really cute go out there it was nice so and yes this was an actual bill uh we let let's name the third on the bill sure Uh, now now that being said i'm not gonna piss on this band but I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Nola the, the mic here for a minute, 
and talk about what she doesn't like at a show. And this is completely her opinion. I'm <sighs> disclaiming it right off the bat. There was a band called Russian Circles that was the third band on the bill that opened up the show. And this opens up a floodgate for Nola's editorial. So take it away, Nola. <laughs> so, Russian Circles comes on. And we're like, okay, whatever. And we we meandered our way up to the front of Gas Monkey Live. And we, close enough, yeah. and, and we got close enough. I'm like, no, this is good. Like, this is where I want to be for Eagles of Death Metal. Second on the bill. This is who I came to see. Yes. I don't know who the fuck this first band is, and I don't give a shit about Mastodon. I am here for Eagles of Death Metal. Russian Circles come out, a couple of hipster-looking guys, and I'm like, okay, whatever, this will be a 30-minute set, whatever. They'll get off the stage. Eagles of Death Metal. Three-piece band. Three-piece band. They start, they start playing, and it's a little jammy, and I'm just like, okay, and I'm waiting for the verse to kick in. And and they just keep playing. And then and I'm like, okay, maybe they're just going to start with this weird instrumentally thing, and then they're going to start singing. They don't start singing. There are no lyrics. It is all instrumental. It is all fucking jams. There were no goddamn microphones on the stage, and I didn't realize that until about 90 seconds in. And I turned to Joey, and I went, what the fuck? (laughs) What the actual goddamn fuck? I'm here for a rock and roll show. I'm not here for your shitty hipster instrumental jam bullshit. There were mics on stage, but there was was inside the bass drum and next to the amplifiers. That was it. (laughs) Those aren't those aren't microphones. Those are amplifying instruments for instruments. Because microphones. I'm just being technical here. That's are all. what you sing into. I'm just. There were no mic stands on stage for microphones for singers. For singers. Yes. And and then they kept playing, <laughs> and I look out into the sea of hipster motherfuckers. It's not all hipsters. This is a metal show. Let's be let's be frank here, okay. For the Russian Circle show, it was hipster motherfuckers. Okay, well, you know. A lot, 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 lot of beards and short hair with product in it. A lot of Ray-Ban glasses and flannel. <laughs> and everybody's standing there with their arms across their chest. And they're doing that nod. And they're all nodding in rhythm. <laughs> and I swear to fucking God, in that moment, I was going to go on a rampage. To where I killed all the Terminator clones that were in this crowd. Because there is no way that there are real humans that are enjoying this bullshit that these Russian fucking circles are playing. And you know why they're called Russian circles? Because they only speak Russian and that's why they don't have lyrics. And they just play in a goddamn circle. Round and round and round and round and round. With no goddamn lyrics. I said more. They didn't say who they were. They didn't say where they were from. They didn't introduce themselves. Very true. It wasn't even like, hey, we're Russian circles and we're playing with Mastodon and this is a great night. Buy our our stuff at the merch table. Yeah, there was was no plugging their shit. And it was bullshit. That's very indie. And it was so goddamn... And I am still mad about it. This was on May 19th and I am still fucking mad that I had to sit... Not even sit through that set. I had to stand Stand. next to this... (laughs) 400 pounds, six foot motherfucker who just kept getting in my way. And I am mad. All right. Take a breath. Breathe. Meditationoasis.com. And then they left the stage. And then the Eagles of Death Metal came out. Yeah. 
and, and everything was right in my world. Yeah, because I I wanted to go I wanted to go for two reasons. I had never seen Macedon before, and I've become a fan of Macedon over the years. And I will always go see Eagles of Death Metal because always I will put them in the top five touring bands currently that you should definitely go see. That is law that you must go see them. They're my number one. They're easily Enola's number one. We saw them in House of Blues last year. Fantastic. Pro- probably the best show I saw all year that wasn't an Alice Cooper show. You know, it's like you kind of have to, I, I, I have to RST and Elliot a bit. But, but here's the thing, is that... Everybody knows that Alice puts on a great show. More people got to know that they got to go out and see... Well, Eagles here's the thing, Metal. is Alice, Alice has productions, uh, Kiss has productions, Eagles of Death Metal is bare bones, yeah. rock and roll. It's definitely the punk rock mentality. And yeah. it is. And it's so good. And every... There was, there was this Hispanic Mastodon guy... Yeah. Man, like yeah. I mean, he was he he was a, he was a man's man. He's one of those guys you don't want to fuck with, you yeah. know, because he just kind of he is kind of like the, the the yakuza guy in the suit that just stands there and is kind of silent. But it and took he, like three or four songs, yeah. He like, was, and he was standing there with his arms crossed for the first couple of songs, and then he turns over to me and Joey because I'm I'm going insane. Yeah. I I am having the time of my life when yeah. Eagles of Death Metal is on stage, and he's like, "These guys are pretty good," and Joey's like, "Yeah," and I'm like. <laughs> The fuck they are. Better than the <laughs> Russian fucking circle bullshit that I had to put up with. Yeah, you didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't, but I wanted to. Uh, I'll also start off with, so they open the show with how they have the last few times they open up with I Only Want You. Right off the bat, Brent from Macedon plugs in, plays the song with them, does a little bit of soloing, but I gotta say... Which is th- a little bit of soloing aside. All right, well, I thought it was beautiful because... I was even saying this in the parking lot. We were walking out. I said, I love... It's obvious that they're on this tour because Macedon wants them to be on this tour. Because it, it, on paper and how they like to separate genres in the music yeah, industry, this, this makes no sense. Yeah, the A&R guy is having a fucking fit about <laughs> yeah. this bill. Yeah, so it, it doesn't. nothing about it makes sense on the front end. This would be fine in Europe. But, yeah, so, like... Brent coming out and basically giving them the endorsement to his audience because they're headlining. It's their show, to be yeah. fair. This I is, am the only person there that went for Eagles of Death Metal. Not true, actually. Uh, friend Grace, friend of Becca's, was out there for Eagles of Death Metal. So but, also, yeah. But, but I know what you're saying. T- two out of 2,000. Yeah, easily. So, uh, yeah, so him going out there and without... Without saying a word. Yeah, he just plugged in and played, and he was having the time of his life. He looked so happy. Yeah. so that's what Eagles of Death Metal does. Even that tattooed face motherfucker went out there and had a good time. He looked happier on that stage playing with them than he did in his wedding photos. <laughs> hey, that's, that's, hey, wouldn't you? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, don't, say, don't answer that question. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they came out, went over the crowd. You know, like I said, that little endorsement helped, but those guys can kill any crowd they want to. And then to top it all off, right there, about two-thirds of the way into the set, they fucking throw down David Bowie's Moon Age Daydream. Perfect. Just like... And I, that song, Amazing. That song is super heralded, like, sacred ground for me. Yeah, especially, no, no, like, nobody plays that. Yeah, especially the solo that Mick Ronson throws down on the live version. But Dave from Eagles Death Metal, he killed it. it. Just killed it. And... 
that Spanish guy once he was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we're both like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I didn't even expect it. That's the thing. Is like, I'm like, yeah, right, the whole time. But the rest of us was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, hand on heart, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I, this is a moment right here. So everything was great. It was a super positive show. And, uh, and let's think, like I said, I'm a fan of Mastodon. I wanted to see him. And, like, it was weird. It was kind of like when I saw, speaking of Alice, it's kind of like when I went to see Alice Cooper with the Scorpions where the Scorpions were headlining and Alice was kind of joining the tour for a few weeks before he went out and did some lucrative international shows. They needed a warm-up gig and they got it. But, like, following Alice, I, who would want to do that? Like, yeah, and you're so, just like, okay, even the, the, band? And the fucking Scorpions, who are surgeons in there and yeah. super pro and they have hits and it felt weird and lacking after Alice. I kind of had the same thing with this. Macedon, they play very well. And I think they're really cool. I don't have all their catalog memorized, but I could tell they were having a good show. But it was just, it, that was weird. Because after Eagles of Death Metal throws a party and it's like, okay, now it's a metal show. And I like that too. But like, my mind. You were in party mode. Yeah. So it was weird. Like, and then, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, I say, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just, it, I wish more things like this happen. But I can almost be like, okay, I guess I kind of understand why it doesn't. But yeah. in a perfect world, this would work so well. But yeah. maybe it's just the spacing. You know, like, they're actually playing a festival together in California uh, in a few months this summer. And they're, like, three bands apart from each other. I'm yeah. like, that's probably decent separation, that's, that's actually. So. Um, but Mastodon, great band. And, yeah. And, and all week I got to do the thing where I'm just like, I'm going to an Eagles of Death Metal show. Oh yeah, Mastodon's gonna be there because yes. I don't give a shit about Mastodon. I know, you said that every time, and I said it every single time, and and it cracked everybody up sure. that I told it to that, ru- that knows who Mastodon is. Sure, um, it's a rush factor. Yeah, and it's everybody looked like that they were having a good time for the Mastodon show. They were very loud. Yes. I'm sure they're very good. Um, <laughs> I just yeah, I got I, no, I got nothing for them. I, I'd recommend seeing them live. So that being said, all the, the, the wackiness we've gone into here, we're going to do a twofer of Eagles of Death Metal into Mastodon. Because we're not playing Russian Circles. Well, we're not doing that, obviously. First of all. So. Starting with Eagles of Death Metal, the greatest rock and roll band right now. I'm going to say it. I call it right now. Best. Best ever. Um, we're going to play something from the first album, actually. Yeah. And, and go see them and give them all your money. Uh, this is Whorehoppin', parentheses, shit goddamn. Uh, then I guess we'll follow it up with Mastodon playing Ember City. They're both great. Check it out. Yeah. 
right, there you go. Mastodon there with Ember City from their second most recent album called Once More Around the Sun. I'm still listening to that one a lot. It's a very good record. Go check it out. It's probably their most accessible album that they have out there. So if you're looking to dip your toe in, do that. Uh, The older you go, the more prog and heavy metal it gets. And the newer it goes, it gets a little more accessible. But I I like it all. I'm glad they're going this way, though, because I I think once you get older, you kind of want to write a tune. But that's just me. And speaking of tunes, of course, before that we heard Whore Hoppin', Shit Goddamn, which, despite what you might think in the first 30 seconds, is not Jumpin' Jack Flash Part 2, but it sure <laughs> sounds like it, and why not? Uh, Eagles of Death Metal, from their first album, Peace, Love, Death Metal, go get all their records. Go get all of their records, there is no dipping your toe in, you cannonball into their discography, there because it is all fantastic. Um... Now we are going to do something completely different for our third night. Night three of three. We went once again down to... Up to. Yes, up to the Choctaw in Durant, Oklahoma. Yes, we got it for free. And it was for another band that was on my like bucket list. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll even say he was on my bucket list because I never really thought I would get to see him. Yeah, and I and I really like this band. And it's just one of those things that he's actually come around town here and there over the years, but it just hasn't been the cards for me. I either just forgot to plan for it and forgot to get the night off, or uh, I had tickets to another show. That's happened a few times with him with me, so it's just never been the cards. For me to see this guy but i've been a fan legit since 1984 even before my wife was born <laughs> i have been a fan since back to the future came out and i watched it there you and go, that it, was probably in 1985 97 i was gonna say like it's probably when i first saw back to the future because back to the future was the thing before you were a thing yeah but yeah so you saw it in the 90s and you still liked it and yeah you, yeah there and you it's go. still real good Nice. So, Back to the Future is amazing. Oh, completely. It's a perfect movie, actually. Yeah. So, and uh, yes, actually, Huey Lewis in the news, they they play both Back to the Future songs, FYI. Yes. So you're not only going to get The Power of Love, which you knew you were going to get anyway, Back in Time. Nice bonus. Yeah. So, and I think they pretty much played all the hits, although I think, uh, I got a feeling out, uh, that Huey does not want to do one of their earliest hits, Do You Believe in Love? Probably because you know it's if such you, a high octave. <laughs> if you're going to sell buttons and shirts that say, do you believe in love, you need to fucking play do you believe in love. Yeah, you probably should. Yeah. And that is my only quarrel with yeah. that show. No, yeah, that's it. Ah, it's not my only quarrel, but that's my biggest one. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there was anything that they really miss out. Like, oh, I wish they would have played that. But I think it was pretty much... Uh, they were yeah. pretty much on. Yeah. I would have liked to have gotten... Uh, I mean, it's kind of out of the realm of like big hits but i do like whole lot of loving and a couple of days off but you know who knows i didn't think i was gonna get that but yeah. got working for a living got heart and soul god i want a new drug want a drug of course uh kicks off with heart of rock and roll nice way to come on stage with the heartbeat just going yeah. constantly until do, the do. band kicks in do, do. it kind of hits you in the chest too for yeah. real so and uh speaking of uh, there's a tie-in to the last time we went to the choctaw also because uh, their longtime guitar player now, their longtime lead guitar player in Huey Lewis in the News, is a guy named Steph Burns, who played on the Last Temptation record. So every time you hear Lost America, you're hearing Steph Burns. And he was there. He was great. They mentioned that he was half Italian and half Californian. So there's that professional band. Great, hor- of great course, horn section. Yeah, horn section is great. They used to use the Tower of Power horns because they 
they needed the best, you know. So yeah. they have a really stellar horn section. Doo-wop there, section there was, was cool. There was one guy yeah. in the horn section that was having the time of his life. Yeah. And he made me so happy because the other two were just kind of stiff. Yeah. And How could you be mood. in a bad mood playing Huey Lewis in the news music? I mean, I, I don't know. It's but, instant happy. But yeah, he was just having the time of his life and he was going and I was watching him more than anything else because I mean what's what's Huey's not gonna do like the splits or anything <laughs> no but, Huey looks like he just got off the back eight you know he's got the polo shirt you know yeah. he's like yeah it's Huey you know yeah and he's very funny like I, I like that uh, and another rule I have is that you have to be at least long in the tooth to do this is if you come out and you're self-disparaging about yourself because he, he kind of is you know like him and Chris Isaac like kind of poke fun at themselves but they know they're like they're freaking rock stars and they're good looking guys so they just pick on themselves. That way, the guys in the crowd don't get mad at them. But yeah, he was super funny, and I, every time I remember the whole, "Hey, would you like to hear a new song?" And he goes, "Well, don't get mad at me. I mean, the band wants to do the new song. I don't. I, I want to do the hits, but they want to do a new song. So I'll tell you what, we're gonna play it, and then you guys just <laughs> clap, and it'll make the band feel better, and then they'll play better, and then yeah. I'll sound better, and everybody's happy, and it's a win-win-win." So they play that song, and I swear that was the biggest reaction of the night. It was the biggest pop of the night. <laughs> they were just like, yeah! And, you know, of course, people were doing it kind of half-heartedly, yeah. but it was still funny. I mean, you got to get the crowd on your side, and that's a great way to do it. So, anyway, let's play so, a yeah, Huey track. Let's, let's get right into Huey Lewis on the news. Yeah, from the deluxe edition, from the 30th Ooh. anniversary of sports, if you get the cool extra disc <laughs> version, you can get the album sports live top to bottom so from live sports this is my favorite song on the album probably my favorite song on the album i mean i don't know i don't know the track listing but i love this song yes so you could say that this song is the heart and soul of the album so let's listen to it right now turn it up
afraid you were going to hit recording. <laughs> Damn, I missed it. She was singing. I, I almost got it on mic. Almost. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Missed it. But that was a live version of Heart and Soul from Live Sports. And Nola can attest to this. One of my peak nerddom moments in musical history occurs on the studio version of the breakdown and the clap track during Heart and Soul. Because every time it comes on the car, I stop everything down and I turn it up loud enough to where you can really feel it. I just love that breakdown of the clap track. And that riff is so freaking tasty. Love it. So that's probably my all-time favorite Huey Lewis song. I guess it has to be. How could it not be? How could it not be? And written by, uh, at least written by Mike Chapman. I'm not sure if uh, Mickey Chin helped write it too, but... Uh, you know, the guy that wrote all those sweet hits back in the 70s, and Mickey, and... That's I think, insane. I think he wrote The like, Warrior, and Kiss Me Deadly. Uh, that guy. <laughs> so, I'm sure I'm wrong about one of those, but he wrote yeah. kind of all the songs. All the great power pop songs. And, of, yeah, so he wrote all the songs that John Bouvois didn't write. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right, that wraps up all Huey and the boys of the news, and... This one over here, what day was this next show? So the next show we went to was on May 26th, so a little, little less than a week after going to see Yeah, Huey, Huey Lewis. Well, on the Saturday, so it was six days later. So we're going down to Dallas and Deep Ellum. Down to Deep Ellum once again. Club so, Dada this time. Club my Dada. first time. My second time in just a little under 12 months ever. And for, Club Dada has been a mainstay in the DFW scene, but for some reason I had never seen one damn show there. To be fair, I have still never seen a show at Trees, and that's like the place. Yeah, I love Trees. I, I, I still contend that you will hate Trees because it's, oh, it's mostly standing unless you can unless you get there at the door and can grab a stool on the top, uh, you know, like on the top stared area. I have no idea what you mean, because I've never been there. Yeah, well, well someday, yeah. someday. One day. But back to Club Dada. Now, a couple of factors uh, were involved on this show. Yeah, uh, it was it was going to be a real good night for rock and roll, unless you weren't going... To the U2 show. Yeah, and also this was the night that Soundgarden was supposed to play in Dallas. So it was supposed to be a nice, vibrant outing of that area of the town. U2 took away a ton of draw from Dallas easily because they're playing over um, about 20 miles down the freeway at Jerry World at the Death Star where the Cowboys play. We call it the Death Star because if you walked outside this house right here, we live, what, 10, 15 minutes from it, tops? Yeah. You can literally climb up on the roof, and you can see it from the roof. You can actually drive up one block to the gas station and see it from there. And it it looks like a moon, except that's no moon. <laughs> exactly. So, but, so that was a million people. Yeah, so I... We're, I, we're at Cowboy Stadium. I believe my if I can properly think back to quote my Facebook status... While all you dorks are at the U2 show, we're at the rock and roll show for Bash and Pop. Yes. Yes. And the first time I ever got to see them, first time you got to see them, they're on their second album in about 25 years. <laughs> and to be fair, they haven't been an active band. This is a reunion tour and reunion record they're supporting. Tommy Stinson has been busy for the last decade or so pre-Guns N' Roses reunion with Duff coming back. 
So that's where Tommy Stinson has been making money. Good for him. Yeah. Tommy deserves the money. Please make all the money, Tommy, so that way you can do whatever you want. Exactly. And I think he did pretty well while he was there. Probably on salary, just a guess. But Bash and Pop is back. And yes. Yes. I, I got to say, like, when I first heard the new album, I was like, ah, it's all right, you know? Like, I mean, the first record's so good and had all these years to live with it. But it's going to sound generic, but I, I truly believe the new album is a huge grower. I'm really enjoying Anything Can Happen. I talked about it on my show. You've heard it a few times. so I want to make this joke right. Okay. So the second Bash and Pop album did the exact opposite of Guns N' Roses' Chinese Democracy, where yep. you waited forever for it. And, and then instead of living up to the hype and getting better with each listen... Chinese democracy just got way worse, but Bash and Pop got way better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not really a joke. It's just kind of a... Yeah, no. I still... I, I little jab, I guess. Yeah. And to any GNR... I know I have a lot of GNR buddies that listen to this show. I gave Chinese democracy every chance in the world. As I would give any record, I gave it more chances, and I still only wound up liking one song, and that's Better, which is appropriately titled, I guess. Yeah. And even still, I'd cut a minute off of it. <laughs> but back to Bash and Pop. But back to Bash and Pop. So, no Soundgarden that night. Uh, you know, just kind of taken away from the overall amount of people that were there. I mean, well, I mean even- Deep Ellum on a Friday night is like just Bugs Bunny crazy with all the cars and all the people, which is kind of all the things we hate in a yeah. sense. But it just felt weird rolling into Deep Ellum on a Friday night at 8 o'clock. And it's like a fucking find, ghost town. Yeah, and finding park, and <laughs> finding finding parking, finding parking was. Yeah. <laughs> but this I just weird. You know, I think a lot of the Soundgarden fans, because they had already had their tickets, and then the show got canceled. I mean, ultimately, it had to have been canceled. You can't yeah. you can't play a show without your singer. Yeah. Especially that soon after the loss of your oh, singer. No, I mean, that That's, tour is off, and the band's yeah. probably never... I mean, there's no way they're going to ever do any... If they do anything, they're going to do, like, a handful of shows with singers paying tribute. Yeah. But they're never going to go back out as that entity. You just can't do it. Anyway. But but think about how we would feel if that was any band that we liked, that we had tickets to. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not going to go out that same night. We're probably going to sit at home, maybe go to a movie instead, and just yeah. be like... Man, well, that that fucking sucks. We're not gonna... We're probably not going to venture out last minute on a Friday to Deep Ellum to go see something else. Yeah. And that's all we're kind of going to say about that. Basically talking and alluding to the massive lack of attendance for the show that we were at. I'm not going to say how many people I think were there. I'm not going to (laughs) complain about how many people were there because I was right front and fucking center yeah we were front row i mean which is pretty doable at club dada no matter who you're going to see because it's such a bar type place that you're going to get your front row if you really want it that bad yeah but with the lack of people there but it was it's a double-edged sword though because like you, you were probably wanting to say yeah you know i don't like a ton of people and i definitely don't like people brushing up on me in a club but on the other side of the coin I need i needed there to be at least twice as many people there yeah, yeah. and i'm sure tommy did too and and he, I mean, I, if, if he noticed if, crowd it, size, yeah, but. I hate saying this, but you know, I I would totally understand if they never came back. <laughs> I, I I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong I hope about they that. Come back, and I hope they do yeah. better. And it was just a weird scheduling night, yeah. But but it was a great show, yeah. They wore fucking amazing suits, 
Yeah, they all wore they, matching suits. They wore these hideously. I, I want one of those wonderful suits. tacky suits. They're like olive green with maroon, like big pinstripes, and they yeah. were just oh, they were obnoxious, and they all wore them, and it made me so happy. Yeah, it's one of those things when you see from a distance, you're like, oh, that's pretty snazzy, and then when you get up close, you're like, you've been wearing those every night on stage. And, and probably just, since the first album just wore the fuck out like just punk rock stench going on probably you know just but it was great they came out and they were um what was the what was the review i bako from covers and fire asked me how it was and i think i quoted uh a certain franchise's uh yes <laughs> catchphrase yes delightfully was, tacky yet unrefined yes and that's exactly what i wanted that's what we got that being said, I uh, I also got the set list off the stage because at the point when the show ended, we didn't realize the show was really over. I mean, they literally like just smoke screened off stage once they, they knew they were done playing. It was they, so weird. They ended a song and then Tommy runs outside and we're like, oh, okay, weirdo, like what's he going to do? Because he'd already been up on the bar earlier in the yeah, show played to, an acoustic song yeah all the way acoustic no no wireless just no mic no mic he just yelled the song out and played acoustic on top of the bar because he did have to get a refill to be fair yeah so so, so we're like <laughs> what weirdness is going on and then the other band members start unplugging and packing up and we're like well because <laughs> we didn't get a short show but judging by the set list we would have had like almost twice as long of a set if they had gone through with all the songs that were on this set list, which they took the time to print out, by the we, way. This is not a handwritten set list. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to write out that many songs. How many songs are on the set list? 25 songs. So we probably still got 15 Yeah, Yeah, songs. About, yeah that sounds about right. And I didn't, and number one, I didn't feel ripped off. I mean, the tickets were super cheap anyway. Yeah. They were like... Under, I, I would have paid. It's like fifteen bucks a person. I, I would have paid three times as much just to see him. Just to see him, him with that few people there. Yeah. But I got, I got the set list. We, the good, uh, the I think it was on the the bass player bass side because he ha- he left his jacket on stage which, with his phone with his with his cell phone and his jacket. I'm like, oh, I, hope, I I didn't I didn't touch those things, but I did slightly we, touch we the jacket. Them <laughs> shifted just so I could steal the set list. And, and, and then I and then I pointed out a pick and I was like, get that get that pick too. Yeah, got the pick, and so the first thing that happened when I got the set list off, there was obviously this other like hardcore fan, and the first thing he said when he came up to me was, "So what didn't they play?" I'm like, "Yeah, you know about these yeah. guys, don't you?" So it's funny because some of the stuff on here, like I recognize the songs they played, obviously. They had about three Stones covers uh, written down here. That's fine. They, they didn't play one of them, and also. Uh, this is, I think this is super cool. Hopefully, the, oh, I don't know. Hopefully, what am I trying to say? Uh, there's a song written down here called "Light of Day," which, if it's the song I think it is, which is the Bruce Springsteen written song that Joan Jett had a hit with, I would have loved to have heard them play that. And I think he's might have, and I think he he's probably done that maybe at a couple of charity gigs here and there. But man, I would have loved to have heard them do "Light of Day." But uh, say la vie. Well, it you was, know. It was a delightful, awesome night of rock and roll with just enough alcohol to uh, get them through a very small crowd, I'm sure. Yeah. But we love you guys. Please come back to town. Please come back. Uh, I, I did pick the song for this one. I went ahead and picked it. I featured this album on Rock and Rank a few weeks ago. I played Unfuck You, which I don't believe they played. They did not. I'm upset about that. This was the last song of the set. 
and it was the fifth to last song written down on the set list and it's the title track from the new record which you should check out this is anything could happen The title track from this year's sophomore Bash and Pop record. That was Anything Could Happen, and it did that night, at least for the few cool people that went to that show. Even my CNJ radio cohorts, Randy Brown and Logan, were at the damn U2 show. 
much to my chagrin. But I get it. It's their favorite band of all time. It's like me not going to a Kiss show or Alice Cooper show. So, yeah. But that's the funny thing is I believe Logan actually turned me on to Bash and Pop, but I'm the one that went to the friggin' show. <laughs> it's just, it's funny how that works out sometimes. I'm sure he would have gone if they... You if know, U2 they, wasn't playing, they would yeah. have gone. And obviously the advanced ticket sale was probably way earlier for U2, the whole thing. And they spent way more money on those U2 tickets yeah. than... Everybody combined at the Bash and Pop show spent on their ticket. But they all should have gone to Houston to see U2 instead, because they they probably would have had a better sound mix and all that other jazz. But anyway, moving on. Regardless. I'm moving on. Uh, An act that I haven't seen since 2002, so it's been a while. An act that I haven't seen ever. (laughs) Yes. And technically, I haven't seen this act per se because when I but saw, but you've seen the person. Yeah, I saw Sammy Hagar back in two thousand two on the awesomely epic Sam and Dave tour. Not Sam and Dave from Stax Records, but Sammy Hagar and Dave Lee Roth, song for song, the heavyweight bout of the universe. So jealous. Seeing both Van Halen singers do the best of Van Halen in one night, I still get chills when I think about it. I actually, as a Van Halen nerd, I actually wish I would have had the wherewithal to go see him in Boston because I would have got, of course, the same show that I saw, but Gary Sharon was there because Sammy invited him to come up during his set and do a couple of songs with him, and Mike Anthony was there. So you had Mike Anthony plus all three singers for Van Halen under the same roof one night only, that's never going to happen again. I wish you guys could hear how loud my eyes are rolling right now because this is so nerdy and I am, I'm not embarrassed, but I'm just like... I hope now you're married to me. Yeah, but I'm just, at the same time, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> but we saw Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar in the, the circle. With a circle. Yeah. Which, not as cool as Chickenfoot, so... That's, that's your... That, that's that my is, opinion. Uh, yeah, that's your um, opinion. I don't, I don't like Led Zeppelin. That's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Sorry. Like that. That's a, if you went, if you went guy by guy, I could almost split the vote there because, of course, you get Sammy and Mike Anthony in both circumstances. On lead guitar, you have Vic Johnson versus Joe Satriani, and I love Vic, but I'm picking Satriani in that duel. I don't know either of those people. It's all right. And on drums, you have Chad Smith versus Jason Bonham. Uh, I'm not a big Chili Peppers guy. I like Chad, actually. Chad but, has good taste Chad's in music. Fun. Yeah, he's fun and he has good taste in music. And Chad enjoys himself while he drums. Yeah. Chad also supposedly claims that he should have been in the back cover photo of Kiss Alive with that crowd shot. Because he said, those, those fuckers got up to hold the sign. And I'm right behind him. I'm like in the 12th <laughs> row. So he's supposed to be in there and he's he's still bitter about it. Uh, I do like Bonham because his last name sounds like Bottom when the minions say it, and it makes me laugh. Okay. But, so, I mean, it's it's a push for me on the drummers. But good performer, obviously. Yeah, he, still yeah, good. Yeah. I. It's fun. I don't think I've ever... I, I was trying to think. I don't think I've ever seen Jason Bonham because I never have gone to see him do any of his Zeppelin shows, or he's opened for a few bands over the last years. I So, first time I got to see him, which is cool... This is the closest I'm ever going to get to Zeppelin. That was that was big for me because I never got to see Page and Plant do their tour together, and that reunion's just never going to happen. So this was it. Yeah. <laughs> so the son of a guy from yeah. the original band. That's it. So when you go see the Circle, you're going to get uh, let's see about eighty-five to ninety percent Sammy 
and all things around. You got Sammy stuff solo, you got Montrose stuff, and you got Van Hagar stuff. And to kind of sprinkle in... You'll get one chicken foot song. Yes, one chicken foot song. Yeah, they did play Bigfoot, which I, I like that song. Uh, I like chicken foot. I d- and I didn't even inflect too hard on that either. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't. Um, I remember getting the cool chicken foot album that has the, the heat signature. Yeah, the hyper, hyper color. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't know what it's called, but yeah. when you put your fingers on it, it changes colors. Yeah, and you see the photo. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and I listened to it and I really liked it. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, like I can get behind this. Yeah. Because I mean I like I like Van Hagar but I definitely like Van Halen with Dave better because yeah because you're a sane you you're a sane person yeah right? I'm a sane rational human being <laughs> and getting enough oxygen up in the brain yes. and all that good stuff um you know that's not to say that Sammy's not good he's good yeah. he's yeah. a better singer than Dave but Dave's a better frontman yeah. I always quote Dave's quote the difference between me and Sammy is that Sammy throws a party. I am the party. Yes. So, but that being said, had a good time at the Circle Show. So since you get mostly the history of Sammy and then you get some Zeppelin thrown in, I I was trying to figure out what I wanted to play on the show. There is a release that you can get that references what you can expect if you go see Sammy Hagar on the Circle. They have a double CD live album called At Your Service. And I was like, my I think my two favorite songs that I heard that night that I just enjoyed the performance overall the most... Let's do a double shot. Let's do a Van Hagar and a Zeppelin cover. So I'm going to play a song that was really cool to hear live for me. It's one of my favorite Zeppelin songs ever, and I think it was kind of the peak of the arena rock portion of the show. They even hit the dry ice for this one, so I was having a good old time. So we'll kick off this double shot with When the Levee Breaks. And then we're going to finish up the twofer with probably our overall favorite song of the night, which is a great song from 5150 called Why Can't This Be Love? Figured you'd be happy about that one. Yeah. I, I mean, I like it. I wrote it down. Yeah. Oh. That, was, that was my pick. Oh, there's your pick. Nice. Yeah. High five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So enjoy this double shot, and we'll come back for the last portion of this epic concert wrap-up.
Sammy Hagar in the circle. Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, Vic Johnson, and Jason Bottom. Bottom. Bottom, bottom, bottom. <laughs> yes. What is... <laughs> <laughs> you did Mario when I was yeah. doing Minions. That's Mario's favorite drummer. So, that was when the, levy bra- <laughs> <laughs> when the Levy Breaks and Why Can't This Be Love. This is definitely love, right? It it's has never, to be. Never a question that I've had to ask. Right. Yeah. You just... <laughs> That's another great Dave quote. He's yeah. like, Sammy will write something that says, why can't this be love? Dave would just assume that he has all of his love bases covered. So, yeah. Good times. Good times. Last show for this show that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. This is the latest one. We saw it, what, two days ago? Two days ago. As of recording. Yeah. That was uh, The Revolution at House of Blues. I was looking forward to this show probably more than most shows this year just because of the uh, curiosity factor. Yeah. I mean, it was it was probably up there, but I mean, I know you were looking forward to a lot of other shows. Of course. Don't, don't make me bring the Grammy quote back in here oh. where, where you got those tickets and it was the most excited that she has ever seen you for yeah. anything. No, I know, I know. It's just the matter of fact <laughs> thing. I, you know, I talked about this on the Prince Tribute episodes last year. If you haven't heard those yet, please go back and check out the episodes that are called PT1, PT2, PT3, and PT4, because I'm afraid to tag them in anything, even in death. So they are my probably my favorite shows I've ever done. Uh, like, <gasps> no offense, and with present company excluded, it's probably some of the best work I've ever done okay. on Rock Strikes Ten. They were really good. I'm very proud of them. So go back and listen to those. So I'm a big fan. And I'm sure there are a handful of Prince fans that probably have an issue with the fact that this is happening. And the obvious question that would go into most people's brains going into a show like this is... Who's going to sing? Yeah. It starts with that. Yeah. And I didn't even know... What are they going to play? (laughs) I didn't even know... Well, we know I, what I, they're going to play. I knew that they were going to play stuff between 1981 and 1986. You know, so stuff that the revolution played on yeah, exactly. <laughs> with not, Prince. And not going outside that realm at all. Yeah, very uh, respectful. Probably not doing cover songs either, I, I wouldn't imagine, because, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, we knew the facts on the table. We're getting Wendy and Lisa and Brown Mark and Bobby and Dr. Fink. And... There are no lead singers per se for the revolution. That being said, 
Wendy and Mark share lead vocals. I know Lisa d- definitely does some uh, yeah, some she, vocals. Yeah, she does some backgrounds. Yeah, so... She helps. Everybody's helping each other out on stage. The other question I had, if you go deeper into the actual musicality of what it takes to pull off Prince, who's playing the guitar solos? Because they only have Wendy on the one guitar. They have two keyboardists, the drummer, the bass player, and one guitar, which is Wendy. Wendy has always been, and this is going to sound disparaging, but I don't mean it that way, Wendy has always been a very capable and very good guitar player. It's that thing of, like, when you stand next to a really tall person and you're really short, standing on the shoulders of giants when Prince is your your leader and lead guitar, there's nobody that could touch him in his lifetime. That's just the way it is. Wendy is Paul Stanley, but Prince is... Well, first of all, Prince is Prince, but Prince is Jimi Hendrix. You know, yeah, like yeah. like Paul Stanley is more than capable. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it's it is what it is. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, I hope I like the show. That's kind of what I was going for. Like I said, curiosity was definitely there. So what we were able to find out, we don't have a lot of facts surrounding the show besides what they played, and the other thing is, they apparently have an open invite to people in their extended family and fandom that they may know. At least somebody in the band must know somebody that wants to come up at some point and do a couple of songs. That being said, and I feel awful about this. Let me see if I have it. Oh, 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 here we go. Thank you. Did Jill come through? She did come through. Did Sister Jill come through and not yeah. your Sister Jill? Right. Can okay. we can we refer to them that way from now on? <laughs> sister Jill and and Jill is just your sister. There you go. So, so your your sister Jill is not your sister Jill. Right. So literally as I was about to say this sentence, I'm breaking in on my own sentence because I got this message on Messenger on my phone just now because I put it out there. Sister Jill Norman, who is not my real sister Jill, but she is in the Prince family fandom. And I recently met her. She's a she's a customer of mine now at the at at the old job, and huge 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 Prince fan. She has been to Minnesota more times this year than, than we've been to concerts this year. Probably, yeah. I mean, she. I don't know if she has family there. I don't know a whole lot about her, but I know she's good people, and that's the yeah. important part here. They have an open invite for lead singers, like we were talking about. And what I was able to find out is there was a guy that came up on stage. For, I'd say, a good portion of the show, about half the show. now At least a third. Yeah, and what this guy does is is basically going to be the lead singer frontman whenever they get into a track that is very Prince-specific as a lead vocalist. So, when it, especially with the high-pitched stuff. So, for example, they played Uptown, and that's when you want to bring them out. Because, that you know, things like that. Kiss, the real high... Yeah. octave stuff yeah. and also you kind of want a guy up there doing a little bit of prince and james brown action yeah you and need a, you need somebody up there dancing yeah and brown, brown mark did great yeah. but he was amplified by the other person whose name i still don't know yeah and i just got the message from sister jill the gentleman's name and i actually know this act the gentleman's name is stokely williams he's from he's a lead singer from the band mint condition which is a minneapolis band and they also play in the St. Paul area. They're from there, too. He is a recently new solo act. 
He's not in mint condition anymore, but that's where I know him from. And he is on the tour. So I guess that whole thing about... Revolving singers. Revolving singers may not be a factor now. They found a guy who can definitely do the work. Yeah. He was great, too, by the way. So fun. And that was where it became like kind of... I had a lot of fun at the show, and the band played really well. When Stokely wasn't on stage, it seemed like kind of more like a wake. And it, it's just, it was like as party as it could have been, but at the same I time, it felt so wake, sad. But it was very tribute-ish. Yeah, like yeah. they're they're doing this to honor their friend, which is great. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can the, the vibe the was definitely there. Like he just he's not there, and he's not there anymore, and that's what it felt like. It's like this is what it's like when he's not there. Yeah, and it's just like and then you someone, can feel it. and then someone coming out who has even. You know, a hundredth of Prince's princeness, yes, <laughs> to come out like really did elevate yeah. the whole thing up. Yeah, and it, it sounds like we're being critical and maybe a slightly disparaging, but that's really all the difference right there. Is it, it needed somebody up there to kind of keep the party going? And you know, there were some songs that obviously you know were sadder you're, songs that you're and not you going to have a party for, like yeah. when it snows in April, or sometimes it snows in April. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they played that, and it was acoustic, and it was... Yeah, I got chills. <laughs> it was heart-wrenching, but yeah. it was still amazing. Yeah, it's like, but then it's they the like saddest went song into, in the world now. But then they went into a party song, and I'm just like, you guys need to figure out this set list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, that's really the only thing that you can do. Yeah, what can you do? So, but, but yeah. But overall, I had a lot of fun. Great I show. Think the set list is really cool. Uh, the biggest omission from the set list, by the way, if this is your favorite Prince song, just warning you in advance, Little Red Corvette is not in the set. <laughs> I'm okay with that. You're realizing this now that I said it, though. You... No, I, I mean, I kind of realized <laughs> it then, because I'm trying to think of, like, all the other songs that they had played. But, I mean, it's yeah. it's good. Like, I I wouldn't take anything out of the set list to put that in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, but yeah, I'm sure I could come up with something if I had it in front of me, but I love Little Red Corvette, but I thought, wow, they actually didn't play that, that's crazy, because that definitely would have been a good one for Stokely to do, yeah. but it, overall, I had a lot of fun, I'm glad I went, It was uh, it's part of the healing process, even though I'll never be over it, but uh, yeah, I'd recommend going to see him. That being said, I asked you to pick your favorite song from the set, so yeah, go for it. Uh... So this was my favorite song from the set. It's a song that I really didn't know if I knew or not, if that makes any sense. Like, whenever I think of Prince songs, I never mention this. But it was the second chorus, and I'm already singing along with it. So I'm like, all right, that's the one that I want to play. So off of Purple Rain, you're about to hear Take Me With You.
Right, take me with you from my favorite album of all time. Tied for my favorite album of all time, which I, I, I still would like to see the ranking of that, sir. I am not going to reveal my Desert Island until I do that show, but I'll just say that probably is tied for my favorite album of all time. Purple. It's real good. Yeah, and a duet with Apollonia there from the the co-star of Purple Rain. Love that song. Never get tired of it. I never get tired of anything off Purple Rain. That was fun when they actually did Purple Rain. They yeah. they did spoiler fast forward spoiler. if you don't want the spoiler. They literally do the end of the show in order of the movie at the end where they play Purple Rain and then they come back for an encore and it's I would die for you into baby I'm a star bada bing bada boom you're done. So, and the weird thing is, is, I was looking at the set list, and I'm like, I don't know what this song is. And it's the very last song, and I'm like, why the fuck are they ending on this song? Why aren't they ending on fucking Purple Rain? Like, 1999. Like, yeah. It's like... Halfway through the set. Yeah, yeah, it's like if Kiss played rock and roll all night, third which, on the bill. Like, it's just... Which, first which, of all, it's just weird. Yeah. They, they don't do it, and then it just... It makes you feel weird for the rest of the night. They only did that on one tour. They did that on the Revenge Tour. They played yeah, halfway and they, through the and set. and they learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah, they did, actually. So, that all being said, fun show. Let's uh, We need to get out of here because this show is running like two hours. Sorry, Just like guys. the last one. No, it is. That's I, I expected it in advance. So, everybody that's listening, you're just along. Oh, and the cat. But they understand. You know, when someone else is on the show, it's going to be close to two hours every time. So, thanks for everybody if you came along this huge, epic journey with us. We for us like if we were traveling from uh, here to houston we would be there by now yeah both parts <laughs> yeah exactly we'd be done like go take a road trip tell your friends uh turn it up be excellent to one another <laughs> party on dudes party on dudes <laughs> and go to more concerts so on that note I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show today please go to cnjradio.com for all episodes of rock strikes 10 while you're on there Stick around for the Synaptic Podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. And stay on cnjradio.com for Chris's blogs for Last Theater on the left and Wrestling House Show. Always up to date. Always super readable. Send him some love. And last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. Hi, Pete. Yes. Thanks for the outro. <laughs> Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband. Purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. On behalf of Willow the Cat. Nola the Human. Thank you, Nola, for coming on. You're very welcome. Thanks for, for having me. Thanks for I your had, time. I had fun. Yes, I always have fun. I, I can have fun with you at an insurance seminar. And on behalf of myself, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Have fun.